Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Curious, a podcast where we want to create diversity in thought without creating division in community. I'm your co-host, Matt Fisher. I'm the care pastor here at Hill City, where we do this in every episode of the podcast. And I'm here with my co-host for take two of a conversation. Uh, I'm here with John Wagler. John. Yes. What's going on? I'm wearing my readers for the first time. You didn't have to out yourself. This is an well, audio podcast, uh, <laughs> an audio uh, medium. For all you YouTubers out there. <laughs> I don't normally wear my glasses. Eyes are just bothering me a little bit today. What, do they itch? Do they hurt? Give you a headache? How does a little it headache action going on? Okay. I, so I've been wearing readers, I don't know, uh, a couple <laughs> times a week usually. Yeah. Pretty um, recently. I feel like I hadn't yeah. seen you in them in a while. It's weird. Yeah. It makes you look... I know Max doesn't wear his anymore, but it makes yeah. Max look like you to not wear his glasses and you <laughs> look like Max to wear your glasses. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> you hate it. You hate the limitations of your body That's so much. <laughs> Try everything I can. Not me. I don't even really <laughs> need. Well, I do now. But when I first started wearing my glasses, I was like 26, I want to say. And it was so funny because I got them and the optometrist was like, you don't have to wear them 100 percent of the time. You know, wear them, wear them yeah. when you're driving, wear them when you're at school or, you know, taking classes or whatever. I said, okay. And then I, like, showed up that night to a hangout with them on. And people, like, my friend Sean looked at me and goes, never take your glasses <laughs> off. He was like, this is your true face. This has always been you. Yeah. And now here I am. Um, I am who I am right now, I guess. You are. 46. 46 years. The fact that it took you that long to start having to wear readers is yeah, not nothing. You know, it, it, when I... Like yesterday, I basically read and studied for about eleven hours, Oof. and so I think, and I and I wore them for most of the time, but um, I think it just wore my eyes out. Yeah, it's a muscle like anything, yeah. right? Um, you spent eleven hours reading about when Lace- Jesus's real birthday is. <laughs> yeah, Lacey's just in the background. She always like whenever I wear them, she's like, "I just think you're so cute." And <laughs> you're gonna end so, up like me and just ugh. wearing them all the time. Um, so as I sort of jokingly referenced before, we are here to take a second crack at a conversation that we had. Um, it's worth mentioning because uh, like quite a few of you downloaded it before we took it down, um, where we're going to talk a little bit about what is going on, um, in Israel. Yeah. So we're still not qualified, just like we weren't last time (laughs) in any way, (laughs) shape or form. We are not professional. Um, you know, we don't, we don't know geopolitics and foreign uh foreign affairs quite as much as we do quite as much as the next guy quite as much as the next guy <laughs> um but you know you listen to podcasts what you get is random guys talking about stuff right. that they don't know about um we took the last one down just it, it wasn't anything terrible or like controversial we just kind of like got a request to have the discussion it was fairly early in the conflict at that point. We were, what, like, like a weekend, four yeah, days in? Yeah, four or five yeah, days Yeah, it, it had yeah. really – I mean, the conflict's been going on forever, but the the Hamas's attack on Israel had just happened. And so then after about 24 hours or so, we were like, you know, probably could have taken a breather on that. Yeah, it felt like we rushed – again, like, I don't even necessarily think we said anything wrong. It I just – it felt like like we rushed just a, just a tad bit. Yeah, and sure enough – Lots has changed, um, or I mean, things have developed quickly and yeah. violently. So we're going to take a second crack at it today. Before we do that, we're going to keep it a little more lighthearted and do our segment um, that we do every episode, where we talk about stuff that is not super deep, but just getting on our nerves a little bit, mm-hmm. and it's called Stay, Stay. 
You need to have Kara on at some point because she has a great stay period. I know. But she's busy right now. And I got one. Mine is like a little deeper, but I, I want I want everyone, if, if you're within the sound of my voice, I want you to hear me preface my Stay Furious with, this is not a political statement. <laughs> John's like, oh my God, what's he going to say? The way, regardless of what you think about like the casino thing in Richmond, the way that like the <laughs> strategy that's being used by, like, by the people that are pro-casino or like the, right. the casino itself just like on a communication level agitates me to no end, which is get a really, really good looking rendering of a thing that you want built or you want to sell sure. and like put it on everything because it is actually this sort it is a form of propaganda where you're sort of tricking people into thinking it's already happening. Yeah. And you get them to vote. Yes. Yeah. They use it in other industries too. But like, honestly, even if I was for this casino, I would look at that and be like, ah, hate that that particular like method of like reality alteration to sell a thing yeah like, no it's true so angry i listen I, I the whole casino thing makes i'll make a political statement all right the whole casino <laughs> thing makes me angry in general because yeah, it's just like there's nothing good that comes out of it also like we're trying to have a democracy here. <laughs> like when you vote no, I know like that should be enough. <laughs> and, and that's that's the other weird strategy that like really agitates me politically is the like. Let me ask again. It's kind of like if you get a no from dad, you go and ask mom a little bit. Sure. It's like that manipulation. Yeah, man. Like if I was a if I was a pro casino person, I feel like I would still be like, this is really manipulative. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I don't I know. totally agree. So anyway, that's getting on my nerves. What about you? Uh, so we traveled down to Atlanta um, two weeks ago, and I nothing maybe makes me more mad and flying than when um, people can't respect the laws of the land. Oh boy! And just put one freaking thing up in the overhead bin. Just one. Like That's you, all it you is. ruin it for everybody else. It really is a domino effect too. Yes. So like, listen, if you're on a flight and you've got two things, yeah. like. Check one of them if you can't mm -hmm. put one underneath the seat, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, like, I get it. Like, if, if everyone sits and you got extra space, use it. That's mm -hmm. fine. But until you know there's extra space, don't put anything else above your head. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Like, it, it's, like, so selfish. That's like, the thing. Is I, like was, I was seething. On an plane. airplane, autonomy does not exist. Yeah. Like, we are all stuck in this Pringles can hovering over the earth. Like we're in it together. Nothing. What you do affects me. I know more than any other place probably yeah. in American life. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter what you do, you cough, everyone reacts. Right. You fart. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like just yeah. Don't open up your like freshly warm stinky food. Yes. Like, <laughs> like if you get if for some reason you are able to secure like a curry dish in the airport, eat it in the airport. Please don't bring it into. And the, I love curry, but it's just the like, girl next to me on the flight there. Not only were, was there not space above our row, but she opened up Chinese food like come on, 10 minutes in. And I'm like, on. come on, lady. This is not your first flight. Killing me. I mean, yeah. flying in general makes me angry. It just makes I'm angry for you. <laughs> just that you had to get on so, an airplane. It's the worst. We weren't anyway. meant to live like that. Um, all right. So now that we got that out of our system, we are going to take a quick break. And yeah, I think just definitely for everyone who listens, but maybe even more specifically for folks in our community, just kind of talk about how we're thinking through what is going on um, in the Middle East right now. And um, yeah, just try to 
sort of think through it as best we can, pray through it as best we can, and and um, exemplify that for for those listening. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Y'all know we stay curious over here. Okay, John. Yes. You've got notes. I do. I don't have notes. So I you have start. a ton of them. It's more <laughs> okay. like kind of random. Notes, I just want everybody to know that I'm unprepared all the time. The um, you know, it's interesting. I think like, I've listened to a bunch of people. I've uh, Gosh, I don't know how many podcasts I've listened to. I've read a bunch of stuff. I've, I don't know, hours over the past couple of weeks. Just to, I'm trying to just be, become more familiar with some of the language that's being used and some of the realities. And, you know, you take a step back in this and there's um, the first thing that kind of strikes me at this point, which is different than when we first started, mm-hmm. uh, is how numb we are to uh, violence, the killing of children, mm. you know, and elderly and how it essentially seems to not mean anything. Yeah. You know, I was thinking this morning when I was working out that uh, I was like, you know, when Sandy Hook happened and like, you know, uh, a bunch of kindergartners get killed and like nothing, mo- like nothing. it didn't move anything. Yeah. And you're like, man, this, th- this isn't good, mm. you know? And then, you're watching thousands and thousands of people being killed right now over there. And it's like so many of them are just innocent bystanders and kids. And it's like, what a gross like uh, window into the morality and soul of the world right now. Yeah. It's a really interesting, interesting is too detached a word, upsetting, horrifying. Um, peek into war the way we see it now in the postmodern era. Mm-hmm. War's always been bad. Wars are gross. Yeah. Wars the worst. It's just literally the worst thing. However, or not however, and also, what little morality or honor there was in war at some point is gone. Yeah, seems to be gone. Like whether seems to be gone. Russia, I don't, you know, Ukraine, I don't know how all you know. war works, but like, yeah, I don't. I think we're so numb to the fact that like bombing a thing is terrible. Like you're not like you're basically saying um, we are willing to engage in a war tactic that preserves our our people, that preserves our soldiers who signed up to be in war over their citizens mm-hmm. all bombing like that goes back to whenever we started dropping bombs out of planes now there's been catapults with flaming boulders there's always been a war tactic that is like soften your target and then send your troops in but the level at which we bomb and missile this country israel hamas Russia. I mean, any country at this point. Every yeah. country at this point yeah. is evil. More like another level of evil beyond like people hacking each other up with swords, if you can even imagine that. Yeah, I know. Because you got to get up in somebody's face to stab them. Yeah. But it, the fact that you can press a button and eradicate people, children, whatever. Yeah. It's not good. I know. It's not. And I, th- I think like, you know, I was listening to um, David French talk a lot about just the like he was talking about the law of like war and armed conflict Mm -hmm. he was in he was in iraq and 
Um, he's an incredibly smart dude. But he was he said that there are five general principles. There's military necessity, meaning you can only attack targets and individuals that are necessary to accomplish the objective. There's humanity. Um, don't cause unnecessary suffering. There's honor, mutual respect, and fairness. There's distinction. All sides are supposed to distinguish objectives, and you can't hide things like not wearing uniforms and like different things like that. And then propor- proportionality. Mm-hmm. Um, like if they take a building, you can't take a city block. Like in theory, mm-hmm. like that is like mm-hmm. the international laws that, and to some degree, there there used to be some of that to some degree. It was never perfect, obviously. Sure. But, you know, to see what's transpiring now, uh, the level of, like if you're going to be like, oh, like everyone needs to be tried for war crimes and you're like, goodness gracious, the level of war crimes that are happening just yeah. in that, in like, let alone Russia and Ukraine and all these other things that um, I was listening to, like there's four other like major wars going on right now over there that the news isn't even reporting, you know, but like it's horrific and like millions of people are being impacted, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's crazy. Mm. It's really crazy. Like we're just, I think the more I was like just reading and studying and, and all of that, I'm like, man, like this is, everything is so fragile you know, when you're talking about the fact, you know, that, uh, you know, Iran, you know, funds Hamas, but then Iran and Russia and China are all, all together, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Israel, you know, U.S. side and then mm-hmm. allies on that side. And then you're seeing the fragility of everything and how all of these governments, too. Um, I heard a couple of people talk about how essentially every government in the world is like very fragile right now. Yeah. And it's like, because there's all this change that's happening, like the trust is gone, um, but then the people in power are more like greedy than ever. Like there's all these, but it's everywhere. It's not, mm-hmm. we experience it, of course. Let me think about how fragile America is with like our two main choices are two incredibly old men yeah. that have no business leading like anything themselves yeah. Yeah. even, you know? And so, um, and, and so it's like, man, the, everything's just so fragile, but yet this, all this conflict is happening and you're, and you're realizing like, Whoa, like we're like, like the level of seriousness is quite high mm-hmm. in terms of the economic impact and, you know, and, and the violence mm-hmm. and man, what could spin out of this is just crazy. Yeah. And the, <clears throat> when something, the level of evil that is being perpetrated yeah, is, And when I say evil, I want everyone to really clearly hear me. I'm not talking about specific strategies or acts anymore. Um, Is there, yeah, I mean, is it evil to go into a concert and like strap concert goers to the front of your truck and murder them on, yes. Is it evil to bomb hospitals? Yes. Is it like, it's all, there's an element of evil to the actions, but I'm talking about evil as a state, like as a, as a state of being, being, as a thing that is that is subversive and permeating every it permeates everything it touches right so the yeah the allies of these different peoples the their allies their economies like all this stuff and it's all rooted in a very simple lie which is or it's rooted in a very simple truth which is if when you decide that you will do to somebody what they do to you that's it. Like if you decide that the world is an eye for an eye 
or worse if you decide that the world is an eye for two eyes. Mm-hmm. There's no more conversation to be had. And, and we're just seeing it play out. But we're responsible too. Sure. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know, like 9-11 was awful. My cousin was there. It, was, it traumatized her for the rest of her life. Yeah. Um, but when you respond to that with just constant bombing, it's a done deal. Yeah. There's no more conversation to be had. When it's you give us one, we give you two back. I don't know where the conversation goes from there. Because yeah. then they got to give you four back for the two that you gave them. And then you got to give them eight. Yeah. And eventually just piles on one the world is uninhabitable. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to like what's just being played out in front of us in terms of all the, uh, again, I just keep going back to that word fragile, mm. you know, like uh, things are just so fragile because we've gotten so isolated and so divisive and so partisan and so hateful. And, and so it's playing out again, we experience it here in America, but like it's playing itself out everywhere this is not mm-hmm. like it's, it's it's that case basically everywhere and then you have this thing where you know we're so far removed from that stuff too it's like there is like a level of like man we've got a hit pause sometimes because sometimes we might, you know people might say things just we need a ceasefire we need like a mm-hmm. and it's like well sure but we're not in it yeah. you know it's like we don't understand the full weight and depth of some of these things and you know, I, I mean, I listened to hours and hours and read hours of, of material, too, of, of just some of the history. And it's like, this is so complicated. And your history is based off of not just simple facts. The history is based off of your perspective and experiences, too. Mm-hmm. And so you see how all this stuff is playing out that way, To, You know, um, I was listening to someone talk about how, uh, you know, they had... Uh, they're like very pro-Palestinian. They're like kind of down with Israel, down with Israel. And, I, and it was just interesting hearing their perspective and then flipping to something else that was like so pro-Israel. And you're realizing that even within some of the ways that we might lean, mm-hmm. you know, like, so like, let's just say you lean pro-Israel mm-hmm. and uh, you grew up with that. And you're like, we just, we defend Israel, like yeah. the right to be people and have a homeland and all that stuff in, which is okay, you yeah. know? Uh, but then you're realizing but man, they've gone, like their government mm-hmm. has gone so far right in mm-hmm. this instance. And some of the things that they're doing and the words that they're saying, like you you can't defend that anymore. So now there's a hole in like kind of the pro-Israel stance, right? But if you went on the flip side, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, we're so pro-Palestinian, we're mm-hmm. this, that. And it's like you realize and you're seeing like the evil of Hamas and that too. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's a hole in that part too, like yeah. that is like really hard and you see everything's so fragile mm-hmm. and like our viewpoints are fragile and so complicated and the history and, and all that stuff. And, and so if you're someone that like hopped in on a side and just were like, I'm all in on this, I would encourage you to not do that because it's, it's way more, um, it's way more gray and than I ever realized, like I didn't know Israel funded Hamas. Mm-hmm originally like i didn't yep. you know i learned that recently god yeah. reminded me how you know america had funded bin laden yeah. you know and yeah. um and so and, and there's so many like dy- there's like little dynamics like that you know or even hearing an israeli official talking about to like uh, questioning egypt and uh you know lebanon um iran and jordan like where are your jews mm-hmm. how many jews do you have and there's like none in any of those lines yeah. right you know it's like because they've all been Mm-hmm. like sent out. And so yeah. 
you hear about people talking about how they see, oh, this is how the Holocaust happened. And you see some of those realities, right? Yeah. So there's a defense there. Yep. But then you see some of the realities yeah. of the flip side, mm-hmm. you know, um, or France and Britain being involved in this in 1917. And like, well, how that played out. And what, I, there's just so many things yeah. like that make this so difficult to understand and, and figure out. And now we're seeing like with this, the, again, going back to the, the numbness we have and seemingly lack of morality and heart mm-hmm. towards one another that's playing itself out. Yeah, I mean, I think if you have a what I've been calling a yeah but stance um, on either side of anything, I think that's we've yeah butted ourselves into oblivion almost. Like mm-hmm. yeah, but you know, hey, um, it's not okay to go into like a peaceful um, settlement like a kibbutz and just murder people. That's not okay. If your response is yeah, but the sure, like yes. you know uh, Palestine is basically an open air prison. Sure, right? I, that's not okay. I hear that. Yeah, that's yeah. also not okay. Yeah. It's not a yeah, but yes, <laughs> right. Like it's you know uh, that is how we got to where we're at, and that is something that we can affect. Like I like you and I cannot do anything about this. That's another thing is people need to be real. You could like write the closest thing that we could do is write to our elected officials mm-hmm. and say. As your constituent, I would very much like for you to um, n- not support the continued, like, you know, military funding of Israel. You could, yeah. or, or say, I would like you to do that. You could. That's maybe the closest thing that anyone listening to this, presumably, I don't know, maybe they're high-ranking government officials <laughs> listening to this, but or you or I could really do, maybe. And that's like sure. good. That's a good thing to do. Like get in, like be civic, get involved. Yeah. But at the end of the day. What you can do is affect change in the wider world by affecting change in your own life by not yeah butting stuff, you know, by not saying, because that's that that attitude is why we've gotten where we're at. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but well, Trump did this, and that's like ir- like reprehensible. Yeah, yeah but d- d- Clinton was sure. okay. Yeah, him too. I guess yeah. you know. I, yeah, when, when I re- when I removed that from my thought process not totally i still do i'm still perpetrated sometimes when i tried to remove that from my thought process it really changed the way i think about everything yeah of like um you know so we don't have so you know we'll call we'll call a spade a spade in our in our little dichotomy here i think people view me as the you know because of the way i look or my background or i'm in a punk band or whatever like i am the more perceived as like the more progressive or liberal or whatever, sure. which is fine. I don't, people can think what they want. Um, but yeah, but, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> like the democratic president that we have right now can look his people in the face and go, eh, we don't really have money for like healthcare or education. We're working on it. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's carte blanche for like tanks. Sure. Like, that's crazy. Or we are now overhauling our nuclear... We are now overhauling and upgrading our nuclear defense, which means our nuclear, like, offensive, like, capabilities. (laughs) That's insane. That is the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And it's... You have a crappy education system, and... Yeah. You just really do. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't... And uh, budgets don't work that way. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over it. Like, I'm over here, and budgets don't work that way. Yeah, the money's coming it, from somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all. I mean, it's also. I know we're oversimplifying that part, but like, it's. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just over it. Like, I guess prove to me. Um, 
proved to me that it's not. I, I one of my best friends growing up, who I reference often, but I won't say his name. Like he's literally a macroeconomics professor at Oxford, <laughs> so I will constantly text him and be like, "Hey, man, I, I, maybe I don't, I don't get this. Could you explain it to me like I'm an idiot?" Sure. And he will. And like most of the time, he's like, "Yeah, it is what you're thinking. Yeah. They just don't want you to think it is." Sure. Uh, but the the yeah budism of all of it is really one of the most evil. It's the banality of evil. Yeah. Truly. The 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 ping pong match of atrocity that we all seem to get into is just wild. It is bad to do to kill people. Yeah. Well, it's like when you saw like some of, you know, the current administration's officials talking and this is I mean it's not just it's any of them. Yeah. Um but you know they're in the White House briefings that's mm-hmm. the only way I'm saying that. But like the you know they're like, "Yeah, this is just part of casualties of war." Okay. And like dismissively saying it. And I'm like, man, just that reality alone and hearing that comment, I'm like, we are, it's just gross. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. It, and as in particular, as a Christian, like when you're seeing this stuff, it, like move off of the end times stuff with what Israel's role. Yeah. It's like, the, it ain't about that. Yeah. This is like, we're talking like real life uh, issues of, of morality, of the value of life. Like, don't don't sit there and be all like we're pro-life and then just turn a blind eye to what's yeah. actually going on there, you know, and blindly supporting something. You know, it's I can't stand that stuff. Like, yeah. And when you're thinking about the way that we pray, because we can absolutely pray about this, two things can be true at once. I don't, you and I have both. You've said it from stage a lot. I'm not trying to say that it's like capital T, capital E, the end. But there is like a sort of revelation, you know, revealing, right? of things going on. Like you said earlier, the world is (laughs) like in a fragile place and we should pray for, I don't know, renewal. Like we should pray as if it kind of like is our end times, even if we don't necessarily subscribe to the like YouTubers saying that it's the end times. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does for sure. Yeah. What's something that you would like for people to like walk away from this podcast or conversations? What's something that, so we said earlier, like, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. But what's something that you would like to see change in, like, your immediate sphere of, we'll say, sphere of influence? Mm-hmm. Or, like, how do you want to see the conversation change? Or what do you want to see people learn from this? People meaning, like, in our community or, like, in our immediate sphere? Yeah. I think, you know, so from the, when I look at that conflict, you know, for Israel, it's for survival. And for a Palestinian, it's for justice. And so when you see it in that way, I think about so many things that happen here in, in our country, right? Mm-hmm. Or in our just kind of circles where it's like we have difference of opinions on things or we, it, you see how important it is to see the other person as like life, as someone that is loved by God, mm-hmm. as someone that you should have a heart for. And I would love to see people uh, start becoming unbelievably sensitive and aware to the way they are divisive or the way that they pit people against one another or um, or honestly a sensitivity to the fact that uh, you know a, a couple of years ago I said this line during the service that you know if God answered every single one of your prayers how much uh, how, how much would another person's life actually change mm-hmm. you know and just even like becoming really aware of um, what that means in our own prayers and, and how do you engage prayer for people around you and the world around you. And I would also say, um, 
even using some of the like the revelation stuff, like thinking about, oh, is this the end or whatever? That doesn't actually matter. But what I would love to see with with people is like, oh, we're not in this to just um, to spectate. We're in to participate. And, you know, going back to what we said about, you know, just how unbelievably numb we are to the realities of violence Mm -hmm. and uh, the sacredness of life and all of that stuff. Like just getting back to like, oh, like, hold on a second. I have, I'll throw the idea of thoughts and prayers out there, but man, I have, I'm not actually engaged what it might look like to um, change how I think about like gun violence or, you know, impact like the city of Richmond and, and, I uh, have just a better thought process about how we're actually participating in the kingdom of God here. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think I just would love to see Christians step up and really start to think about the world differently. Even in some of the podcasts you sent me, which I like David French, I think that he's the closest to actually being center of the people that say they're center. Sure. Um, but like even in some of the podcasts that we listened to, I was like, you're just thinking about, you're just trying to put a, your spin on a system that already exists instead of create a new system. Sure. We've lost our imagination. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for Daniel to exist in the kingdom. It's another thing for him to subvert and in some ways overcome the, the kingdom of the world yeah. with the kingdom of God. And so maybe some practical ways is like, one thing is if we believe that the devil was being authentic and not that he can, if we believe that the devil, there was something to when the devil looked over um, from the highest height and said to Jesus, like, oh, this is all mine. You can have it if you worship me, right? Like that there's something to the world or, you know, the powers and the principalities that are innately anti-kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm then we have to extend that to our thinking on the difference between power structures and people. Power structures are made of people, but they are not people. They are their own thing. The nation of Israel is not the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. It never has been and it never will be. Um, is it made of Jewish people? Yes. Does it represent Jewish people in many ways? Yes. Is it a result of the persecution and murder of Jewish people at writ large? Sure. But you can talk to a lot of Jews that are like, no, I'm not down with what Israel is doing, nor have I ever been. Um, Hamas is not the Palestinian people. And the Palestinian people are not Muslims, are not the Muslim people. (laughs) Like, you know, and Islam is not the Palestinian people. There are Christians being killed in Palestine right now. Um, What did Hamas seem like the best possible scenario for a people that didn't know what to do? Maybe that's always how that works. You're desperate and somebody comes along and goes, hey, I know how to fix this. Mm-hmm. You need it. You know, you need somebody to like stick up for you to, to defend you. You're being rolled over. And so you need. So, and those people, oh, those people that offer that kind of protection always deal in absolutes. Their bylaws are always we're going to eradicate so and so. If such and such does this, that or the other. You're literally describing the last couple of elections in America. I mean, it's the same George Bush, George Bush threatened to turn Iran into a or Kuwait into a glass parking lot. <laughs> like, I'm saying even like even right now in between Republicans yeah. and Democrats, like we're that's the language yeah. they use towards one oh, you're another. Af- yeah, oh, you're afraid of this other person, and yeah. well, we know how to fix it. Yeah, well, wipe them out. Yeah, like that's 
those that is those are those are empires and nation states doing what we design them to do. Yeah. And those are not representative of people. You can be Jewish and anti-Israel. You can also be anti-Israel and use that as uh, some sort of weird um, justification for anti-Semitism. You can be a Muslim. Most Muslims are anti-Hamas, <laughs> like statistically over the world, like most people who identify as, you know, um, Palestinian five-year-olds don't, didn't get it to vote for anything. Sure. Like the difference between a people and a nation state or a power structure or a military is got to be different. If it's not, then like we're not having a real conversation. We're certainly not having a kingdom-minded conversation. But I don't even know that we're really having a conversation. And I could go into a whole thing about like the replacing of, you know, itinerant peoples with global governments and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like it's all empire. You know, every every government, most every government in the world, whether it's one that's against us or for us, has some flavor to it that mirrors what the West set up after the revolution. <laughs> like, you know, there's a parliament or there's some sort of voting, mm-hmm. even if it's sham voting. You know, Russia is still our enemy, but it still looks more like us than it did 100 years ago. Uh, and so it's like. I don't know. I guess I just would love for people to really, Christians especially, to really start taking seriously, how do I stop playing by the rules of the game here of nation building and war profiteering and like all this stuff and really, really think about this different and dare to think that maybe something could change or something could be different. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, if we don't, if we've lost our imagination, I don't, I, yeah, I guess nothing will ever change. Well, it eventually will when it's all (laughs) kaput. (laughs) I guess. I'd rather not wait for that. I know. But that's so true of like, that's across the board. Like, well, you know, I don't know. Name any dumb thing. Like, yeah, cars run on gas. They can't run on anything else. They could. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You know, well, but then where are we going to put the batteries? I don't know. But like, let's try something different. Sure. Uh, You know, just to have... Imagination is to have faith. I think these two words are so – to have hope is to have imagination. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just – I guess that's a very long way of saying what I really would love to see change is for Christians – I mean, for everybody, but, like, you know, speaking to who we can speak to. For Christians to really start identifying themselves as people who think outside the box. Yeah. That would be great. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Um, look up the Desert Fathers. Really thinking outside the box <laughs> and outside the town. Um, so you know that's what we've got to say. I think on this right now, I, our hope is that you will love your neighbor a little better as a result of this, and try to figure out like where you can drop a pebble in the pond, even if you never get to see where the ripples lead. Um. So, yeah, we're praying for the situation and, and just for the general fragility, to John's point, of the world right now. Um, and we really appreciate you all tuning in. Um, if you have questions, quips, comments, or concerns, you can email them to staycurious at hillcityrva.com. Rate and review us and share the episode so other people can get in on the conversation. And until next time, as always, stay curious. curious.